Welcome to this episode of the Skill Collector podcast. If you haven't done so already, I suggest you sign up for email updates at skillcollector.com forward slash podcast. My name is Mentor and in this podcast I share a collection of habits, techniques and experiments that keep me sane or perhaps that people call me a tad insane for. They will however be things that you can try and implement in your life. I hope you enjoy it. In today's podcast we're going to cover productivity. If you've been reading the Skill Collector blog regularly over the past uh, past year, you know that over the last nine months or so, I've been doing a full-time job, a full-time master's degree, and a number of side projects. And throughout the time, I've stayed pretty much sane, or at least as sane as you could call me as a person anyway. The reason I was able to do that was before I started this year, I sat down, did my research, did my homework, and basically planned out how to survive a year with multiple full-time uh, full-time engagements. Specifically, the uh, the uh, shape that took is there were post-its hanging over my room, constantly reminding me of the habits uh, that I needed to, to keep. And today I'd like to go over the stuff that did keep me sane. The first thing is you really need to consider your body, the human body, as a piece of hardware. It's a tool. And regardless of whether you think that the human mind is the body or is attached into the body, which is a bit more of a philosophical perspective, one thing is very clear. Your body enables or disables what you're able to do uh, on a physical and on a mental level. Try focusing if you haven't eaten for 10 days. It doesn't really work very well. Try focusing when someone just dropped a piano on your foot doesn't really work very well. Now, these are very extreme examples, but it illustrates a very, very simple point. If your body isn't in the right state, your mind can't get the right thing done. So when you consider the body as hardware, you realize that just like any piece of hardware, whether it's a computer, a car, or whatever, there are certain things that it needs to survive and to function optimally. For example, if you have a car that's a diesel you don't want to throw in regular gasoline. That would not go very well. You wouldn't drive very far. However, this is what a lot of people end up doing when it comes to their body. Uh, they throw all sorts of stuff into it that really it wasn't, well, I'm loath to use the term designed, but developed, uh, evolved to use. Um, I have a very, very in-depth perspective uh, and opinion on particularly what to do with your body when it comes to food. If you want to know very detailed about that, I suggest you go to skillcollector.com and just put diet or food into the search box. The basics, though, are pretty simple. The first, stay away from synthetic sugars. So whenever you eat a simple sugar, for example, uh, in a soda or a candy bar, your body has to respond by storing that energy. What sugar does is it's very quickly absorbed which means that your blood, your blood glucose, your blood sugar, is going to increase very rapidly. A high blood sugar, if not properly handled by the body, can cause all sorts of problems. This is why people who, for example, have diabetes are at a high risk of a whole host of things, including, uh, for example, your eyesight going bad. High blood sugar is no good. Luckily, most most humans are able to, to handle the sugar pretty well. They store it with a hormone called insulin. This, this hormone insulin triggers a response in your cells, which basically allows them to store, uh, store the sugar. Problem being, if you take something in sugar, high in sugar, often what ends up happening is you get a little boost of energy. However, then about an hour, hour and a half later, you're back at the same level and probably lower. Um, and that is not even considering the long-term impact of this. 
Um, if you're not sure if cutting away sugar is going to work for you, uh, let me say two things. One, I cannot think of a single human being that would benefit from keeping simple, refined, and synthetic sugars in their diet, uh, unless you have some very odd medical condition. Two, just try this. You can try anything for 10 to 30 days. So if you're serious about getting your act together and getting really, really productive, tell yourself, for the coming two weeks, I am not going to eat any sugar. Make sure you don't have any sugary things in your house. Make sure you uh, tell your friends, tell your family, make sure your social group's putting pressure on you, and just try it. I mean, I am convinced that after two weeks, you will feel the difference. Now, you don't need to get absolutely manic about this. It's okay to eat fruits. Um, and after those two weeks, it's okay to eat a bit of sugar once in a while. <clears throat> but on a long-term perspective, just try and stay away from them. Uh, so that's principle one. Stay away from synthetic sugars, added sugars. Two, eat colorful plants. Now, there's a whole number of reasons you should do this, uh, ranging from uh, antioxidants, polyphenols, and all sorts of other lovely compounds. Um, and again, if you want to go into depth in that kind of stuff, go read it up. The internet is full of great resources. But by eating colorful plants, that being fruits or vegetables, I recommend you lean more towards the vegetables. It gives your body a whole bunch of um, factors it needs to function optimally. Uh, a lot of people don't know that daily recommended amounts were originally established by seeing how little of a vitamin or mineral you can give someone before they grow ill. If you take the example of vitamin C, um, if you have too little vitamin C, you get scurvy. So uh, the initial RDA was uh, made by seeing you know, how, how little does someone need not to get this uh, absolutely horrible disease. Um, that, however, in my opinion, is not the same as the amount of a vitamin or mineral you need to function optimally. Not being ill is not the same as feeling healthy. It's kind of like saying um, depression, when it is diagnosed, uh, is something that interferes with daily life. So if someone feels depressed, but they can still run their daily life, it is not clinical depression. Um, I guess someone's not ill at that point, if you use that definition. However, you're not functioning optimally. So the reason you eat colorful plants and vegetables is it's a very simple rule that'll make sure you get a whole load of nutrients. And third principle, eat relatively little during the day. If your body is busy digesting a full stomach, uh, your energy levels are going to drop a little. Um, personally, I follow something called intermittent fasting, which means I only eat eight hours during the day, and I fast 16 every day, which works very well for me. And I'm not suggesting that you, uh, um, that you use this protocol yourself, though I definitely recommend you try it out. But keep in mind that, for example, a lot of people know this phenomenon where if you have lunch, afterwards you have that after-lunch dip or after dinner dip where your energy levels just sort of slouch and you're just sitting on a chair and your energy levels are gone. Um, it makes total sense. Your body is uh, directing its energies towards storage, not towards expenditure. So to rehash, stay away from synthetic sugars, eat colorful plants and eat relatively little during the day. Um, those are really short-term, uh, short-term things I keep in mind. Longer term, uh, eat fatty fish. Personally, I love sardines. Uh, after listening to a podcast by Tim Ferriss, if you guys are not following that podcast, I highly recommend his. Um, 
The thing is that your brain exists or consists mostly out of fatty substances, including cholesterol, for example. Um, depending on what fatty acids you consume, your brain has certain building blocks to uh, to build itself from. And one of the things that's been shown to be very good for brain, heart, and all sorts of other things in your body are omega-3 fatty acids, which you find in fish. If you don't like fish, get a fish oil supplement. Uh, most of them on the market are very well filtered for any sort of toxins uh, that you might find in, in fish oils. So there's really no, um, uh, no issue there. Um, though I prefer eating fish because, well, I like fish. Uh, two, eat quantities of food that keep you healthy. So you can go very deep into what macronutrients you need to eat. Uh, but so long as you stay away from synthetic sugars, um, usually it basically comes down to not eating too much. Uh, BMI is one measure you can use. Body mass index, it is not complete. It's, um, for me, not very useful. However, it is a guideline to see um, how your body's doing. So basically, don't go fat. And if you're overweight, go uh, change your uh, uh, change your lifestyle. If you are trying to lose weight, I recommend reading a book called The 4-Hour Body, which I'm assuming most of you already know, uh, which uh, has popularized something called a slow-carb diet, which is a very easy, low-threshold way to lose weight. Um, third, <clears throat> increase your vegetable intake. And this was especially an issue for me um, because I uh, tend to rely on not vegetables, because it's very easy to get a high amount of energy from a low amount of food. Think uh, cheese, fish, nuts, um, though nuts also have some fiber. Um, but your body, um, or at least I've noticed that my body responds much better if I have a high fiber intake. Uh, and vegetables not only increase your fiber intake, but also a whole bunch of nutrients. So that's principle one. Take care of your body. It's your hardware. Um, it's your, your single, your single most important tool. And investing in it is the sim single most important thing you're going to do when it comes to productivity, uh, health, happiness, all of it. The second principle is where your body is the hardware, your mind is the software. And no, we don't yet live in a world, uh, like in the Matrix, the movie, where you can just upload things to your mind. But just like a computer needs good software to do what you want to be able to do, uh, so does your mind. I mean, you can have a great computer, a very expensive computer with great parts. If it has crappy software, you're still not going to be productive and you're not going to be happy with that machine. Uh, likewise, if you really optimized your body, but you didn't optimize your mind, um, you're, you're not going to get very far. And there's a number of very important things uh, to consider there. Uh, one thing some people like using is something called mnemonics, which is the uh, the practice of memory techniques. Uh, the fun thing is that if you go to the World Championships of Memory, which, yes, is a thing, um, you'll find that the people there are not genetic freaks. They're just people who really have very interesting techniques to do things like uh, memorizing a whole deck of cards. Personally, I haven't found uh, mnemonics to be a a totally killer tool. I personally use it to keep a list of to-dos in my mind when I don't have a notebook at hand. What more? What's more interesting for me is things like holistic learning, uh, which if you haven't heard of it, I recommend having a look at uh, a blog by a guy called Scott Young. Um, and his, uh, and by now my favorite uh, uh, metaphor for this is, let's say you have a pile of bricks. Yes, 
imagine a pile of bricks. Uh, you're told to look at this pile of bricks and remember the position of each one. You're asked to look away. I take away one. And I you to look back and tell me which of the bricks is missing. So I just took away a brick, which one's missing. The likelihood of you being able to point that out is quite low. Let's say I take those exact same bricks, but I build a little mini house out of them. And I tell you to look away. And um, after you look back, I ask you which one's missing, which brick is missing. You'll most likely be able to tell me. Because based on uh, the structure of the whole house, you can see that there's a hole somewhere. Likewise, even if from the beginning onwards I didn't have enough bricks, you will be able to guess from the holes what bricks should go where. Now, knowledge is exactly the same. If you're just trying to memorize things, uh, which is what some people do, you're basically creating a pile of bricks. What is more interesting is that when you learn things, you see them as a network as a system where everything's connected, basically a mini house. That means not only will you be able to know uh, what you don't know based on what you do know, you'll be able to make a pretty accurate guess as to uh, the knowledge that you're missing. So if this sounds very abstract to you, again, have a look at Scott Young's blog. He even has some online courses um, that really help with, uh, with learning techniques. So principle two, update your software. The third is one that uh, a lot of people struggle with, motivation. So even if your body is optimized, you've optimized your mind. You can be as optimized as you want. If you sit down and you can't get yourself to do something, you're not going to get a whole lot of things done, of course. However, and I would like to stress this very, very much, motivation is not this ethereal energy that just just sort of hits you. Sure, sometimes you have moments where you feel super motivated, sometimes you feel moments where you don't feel so motivated, but that doesn't mean it is outside of your control. It's a bit like emotions. Emotions aren't entirely in your control, but they're not entirely out of your control either. I mean, ask yourself, if you feel sad, sure, that's an emotion. You, you can't just tell yourself, uh, don't feel sad and bam, there you go. Uh, if you can, lucky you. However, there are a number of things you could do to make yourself feel better. Go uh, meet with some friends. For me, I'll go sit in a sauna, watch something funny, read a book, listen to music, maybe meditate. There's a whole bunch of things you can do. And usually within five to 10 minutes, you can make yourself feel better. Of course, I'm not saying uh, if you're clinically depressed, uh, you can do one, two, three, and you'll feel uh, feel perfect again. Um, but you can channel this uh, this thing called an emotion. You can guide your emotions towards a certain feeling. Likewise, motivation is not just something that comes to you and goes. It is something that you can facilitate. Um, for me, what is really important when it comes to being motivated is first make sure that I want to do something. And that sounds really silly. And a lot of people, um, uh, some of my close friends included, will sometimes look at me and say, but there's just things in life that you don't want to do. Uh, yes and no. If there is something you need to do, you on some level want to do it. And if not, then that is an activity you need to cut out of your life. And sometimes that, that can get a bit bit convoluted. For example, um, I don't want to pay taxes, is what some people will say. Well, yes and no. 
No, you don't want to pay taxes, but you do. Because paying your taxes will make sure that in the long run you have less trouble. Your country operates in a way that you, well, most likely uh, like. I mean, current politics is a bit of a, in a bit of a pinch. Um, but in everything you do, yes, sometimes you might feel some, uh, some short-term reluctance, but in the long term, there's a reason that there, that there's something you want to do. So if you haven't done that, make that reason explicit. For me, making this podcast, I'm very motivated to do this because I simply feel the need to articulate what's in my mind. Um, it helps me think. And uh, I know that then a year from now, I can look back uh, at what I thought at this particular point, which I think is really fun. That really motivates me. Um, so make sure that with every activity, you know why you are doing it. And if there's absolutely no reason, no reason whatsoever that you want to do this, then it's an activity you shouldn't be doing. Okay. Second, make sure that you have the feeling that whatever you're doing is within your power to achieve. And what I mean by that is, uh, if you really, really want something, uh, to keep yourself motivated, you need to have uh, this idea that you can do it. I mean, I really, really, really want to fly, like as a human, without wings, but I know I cannot. So I'm not very motivated to run in circles in a park and try to fly. Uh, as a kid, I thought it was within my reach, so that w- that's what I'd be doing, um, which again illustrates this point. Now, it's a bit of a silly example, but let's say you want to write a book. If you think you are not capable of doing this, you are not going to feel the motivation. So put this within your reach. Um, go to a number of lectures by writers on how to write a book. Uh, make a structure, a little game plan. Ask people you know who've written a book. How do I go about this? Make sure that whatever it is that you want to do, you have this feeling that you can do it, or at least that's within your reach. And the third, and that is super important, know how to get started. Um, Plans are, mm, for me, not very much in my nature. I don't like planning. So, for example, uh, this podcast really is just a number of bullet points on uh, on my Evernote. Um, But... If you don't have a plan, even a general one, what's going to happen is very simple. Imagine you are an animal in the wild, and this goes a bit into evolutionary psychology. You're an animal in the wild, and you don't know what to do. You hear a sound, which could be a predator. It could not be a predator. What do you do? If you run, you make sound, and if it's a predator, you'll become a target. The safest thing to do is basically to stand still and freeze. Why? Well, If you don't do anything, you have more time to basically be safe, think, and you won't draw the attention of other things. Um, Humans do the exact same thing. Think about it. Whenever you don't know what to do, you end up doing useless things. If there's this very, very big project, whatever it is that you're uh, wanting or needing to do, if you don't know how to start, if you don't have a basic game plan, then you're going to end up browsing around on Facebook, googling about a bit. You're not going to be very productive that way. So whenever you have a task, one, make sure you know why you want to do it and make that a good reason. Two, make sure that you feel this thing, whatever it is, is within your power to achieve. And third, know how to get started. Make a game plan. All right. So those are the, uh, the general, general strategies uh, that I use. 
before doing anything even. This is basically just making sure that your uh, mind and body are in order. There's a number of techniques I use to do things like prioritizing and getting stuff done faster. The first thing I want to to touch on is for some people, um, productivity means getting a lot done, which sounds very intuitive. It is not. A lot of people uh, end up doing things that really aren't all that important. Um, I'm not sure how many of you uh, browse websites like Reddit, but there's a, I thought it was a really funny meme where someone um, basically had a picture that was subtitled with coffee, doing stupid things faster. Well, in essence, that is uh, what a lot of people spend their time doing. Efficiency is not enough. Doing things fast is not enough. You need to know what to do, what is important. Because sometimes 20 things in your to-do list um, are going to be far less consequential a week from now than one single item. So one of the tools I use for this is something called the Eisenhower Matrix, uh, which come from a a quote from uh, Dwight Eisenhower. Um, He basically said, I have two kinds of problems, the urgent and the important. Uh, The urgent are not important, and the important are never urgent. And in essence, that's what happens in most people's lives as well. Uh, The things that are really urgent are usually things that are quite trivial. And the things that are really important rarely have a deadline. So what I tend to do is grab this Eisenhower matrix, which basically means uh, you make a little square and you separate it into four squares. And you put important things on the left <clears throat> and not important things on the right and uh, urgent things up top and not urgent things on the bottom. Um, what what like way you turn this axis depends a bit on what you prefer. But in essence, what you're going to come up with is four categories. Things that are important and urgent. Things that are important but not urgent. And then there's the not important things, of which some are urgent and some are not urgent. In general, the rules are, um, if something is important and urgent, this is something you need to do as soon as possible. These are things uh, like deadlines, uh, crises, things that need to be solved now, because otherwise, two weeks from now, uh, that is going to have a big impact. The second category are important things, but not urgent things. These are things that in the long run are very, very important. However, the world is not going to end if you don't do them today. This is things like um, managing your relationships with friends and family, um, taking the time to plan, and doing recreational things. Um, All these things can wait until tomorrow. However, if you don't do them, your life is going to be pretty shitty after a year. Um, And then in the not important... In the not important category, we have the urgent things and the not, not urgent things. Often, these are things you can delegate or basically not do. Things that are not important but urgent are things like interruptions, uh, meetings to which you're invited but actually really are not going to have an impact on your life whatsoever. These are things that basically either you want to say no to or they're things that someone else can do for you. Uh, And then the last category is, to me, really fascinating. Not important and not urgent. These are trivial things that are not going to have any impact on your life. However, we notice ourselves doing them anyway. Things like checking Facebook 10 times a day. 
checking your email more than three times a day, and all sorts of things that really your life would not be impacted if you would not do those things or do them less. Ideally, if your time management is good, most of your tasks fall into the important but not urgent category. That means you prioritize well, and basically you're working only on things uh, that are important to you in the long term. The, the next principle that I think is really important is something called the Pareto Principle. And uh, this is known amongst college students as the 80-20 principle. Uh, the 80-20 principle basically means 80% of your income uh, income output comes from 20% of your input. Sometimes for a company, for example, this means that 80% of your income, of your profit, comes from 20% of your customers. But also 80% of a conversation in a language uh, you can have in 20% of the words. Uh, and so on and so on. The reason this is important is because 20% of your tasks generate tw- uh, 80% of the outcome that you desire. Now, of course, in order to uh, even see this as a useful thing, you need to know what you want in the first place. Maybe you want to optimize the amount of money you make. Maybe you want to optimize the amount of free time you have, and so on. Whatever it is, you're going to find that 20% of your activities actually are responsible for 80% of what you want. The important thing here is, look at your life, find that 20%, and try and cut away uh, as much as you can from the things that don't fall into that category. Because yes, you could put in 80% more effort and gain that last 20%, uh, but for most people, you can get uh, ahead a lot faster if you focus on finding the 20% of things that are really effective for you. Um, And then focus on those and expand those. Uh, another important uh, important principle which I ran into, which uh, um, well, which most people really know intuitively, is something called Parkinson's law, which has nothing to do with uh, Parkinson's disease. Um, basically, this law states: work expands so as to fill the uh, time available for its completion. Basically, uh, if you have a day to do something, it'll take a day. If you have half a day to do something, it'll take half a day. Um, of course, this principle uh, is not so universal uh, as to say that, you know, if, if I want to write a book in five minutes, I can do it in five minutes. But it's a basic law of human psychology that if you don't give yourself a deadline, uh, you're not going to do something. And if you do give yourself a deadline, then that is what your planning is going to take shape around. So if you plan for something to take a full day, it will. So when I was uh, doing my tasks for in the past nine to 12 months, one of the things was I would be sitting in a train about a total of two and a half hours a day, two and a half, three. Uh, what I could do there is sit there, read, maybe watch TV series or whatever. Um, what I ended up doing is telling myself that is the amount of time I have to finish uh, important tasks for that day. Particularly, uh, one of my clients was a school who asked me to do workshops and to teach. And basically, I told myself, I have, from the moment I step into that train until the moment I arrive, to prepare uh, my my workshop or my class. Uh, what that meant in practice is, literally, that's the time in which it had to be done. If not, I was there. No time left. Uh, and this puts uh, an amount of pressure on you that really helps uh, in getting stuff done really, really fast. And I found that actually, um, on some days, I could do it in half that time. 
But still, Parkinson's law, it would take more. He would start polishing little things and do all sorts of little things that really nobody but me noticed. So, Parkinson's law, make sure that you budget an amount of time for tasks um, that isn't more than it strictly needs. The idea is not to stress yourself out. The idea is to make sure that you don't start uh, faffing around doing things that aren't necessary. And uh, speaking of uh, uh, stressing out and things that aren't necessary, what is a problem for a lot of people is uh, focusedly working uh, on things. In 2016, you got a whole bunch of things that are going to distract you, ranging from uh, social media to people around you, your phone buzzing, whatever. I am definitely not against technology. Um, I am, amongst other things, a programmer and have loved technology ever since I could walk. Um, but humans have evolved over a very long time to have certain uh, preferences, things that are just part of our hardware. Our body simply has a number of mechanisms that are uh, hard or impossible to work around. One of those mechanisms is it takes a while for you to really focus on a task. Uh, usually for uh, most people, that's five to ten minutes. If you start working on a task for five to ten minutes, you're really into it. However, the moment that attention is broken, you're gone. And you're going to need to have another five minutes to get back into it. Uh, unless the distraction is maybe five seconds. Um, but still, even then, whenever you're distracted, you're going to need extra time to get back into your task. Which means that you're going to have a very low amount of productivity if you don't have longer periods of time where you can focusedly work. Um, one technique that works for a lot of people is something called the, pom uh, the Pomodoro technique. This is named after these little kitchen timers in the, uh, in the shape of a tomato. Basically, you set yourself 20 minutes and in those 20 minutes, you are going to work fully focused. You tell yourself, I will not do any other things but this task in these 20 minutes. And you tell those around you, please don't bother me for the coming 20 minutes. And some people, when, when I talk about this one, they say, but I can't do that at work because people need X, Y, Z. They need to ask me questions. Funnily, almost everyone will respect it when you say, I'm focusing for 20 minutes. Um and please come up to me at time X uh, if you need anything. Um, because really, there are very few things that people need an answer to right now. And if it's something that they need an answer to right now, uh, often, and you've probably noticed this, often if you say, um, I'll get back to you later, by the time you get back to them, either they've forgotten about it because it wasn't important, or they've already figured it out. It was just easier for them at the time to ask you. So make sure you um, do this kind of focus time where, for, exa for example, for 20 minutes, you sit down and you purely focus on what you need to do. Make sure that between those blocks of 20 minutes, you do take, say, five minutes break. Make this a set amount of time. Um, and just let your mind go for a bit. Go get a cup of tea, a cup of coffee, whatever's your thing. Um, uh, and you are allowed to be on, say, Facebook, email, or whatever in these five minutes, though I don't recommend it because uh, anything like that, um, for example, Facebook, will never take only five minutes um, for most people. And, well, th these are a whole bunch of techniques, right? There are a whole bunch of principles. And the thing is, you can't really... Uh, 
just copy paste this onto your day. I mean, some people are very good at that, but what works very well for me is sit down and create a workflow. And this is the most important thing. Even if you forget half of what, or three quarters of, of what I talked about in the past, uh, uh, past while, the most important thing for you is to make sure that you have a workflow, that you have a game plan. Um, this system, whatever it is, basically just need to make sure that you can prioritize your tasks and that you have a, a mechanism for handling new tasks that come your way and basically helps you get things done on time. Um, using the previous principles, what works for me is, one, whenever I get a new task, it's put in the Eisenhower matrix. And then I use that matrix to decide what needs to happen right now and what needs to happen later. And anything that needs to happen later, I manage with Google Calendar and Google Inbox. I schedule specific times, specific days, where I say, um, this is the time I will use for task X. Now, note that that incorporates the Eisenhower principle for prioritization. Um, you can use the Pareto principle in there, where basically you say, well, this is a very important task because it, it um, generates 80% of my output. I'll focus on that. Um, it takes into account Parkinson's law because you set a set time, you set yourself a set amount of time you get to work on something. Uh, and in that way, it really creates a rigid yet flexible structure to make sure you get stuff done. One thing that people think that I'll jump into immediately when I talk about productivity is uh, the tools I use. Now, the reason I discuss these last is very simple. It doesn't matter how good your tools are, if your structure, if your game plan, if your, uh, if your workflow isn't good enough. Because then you're just going to fall into the category of doing stupid things faster, uh, which really you shouldn't be. So now that we've covered basically how to make sure that you're not doing the stupid things, now we can go into what can we use to get stuff done faster. Now, of course, the Pomodoro technique and uh, Parkinson's principle are very important in that, but it's 2016. There are a number of great tools you can use. Uh, to get stuff done faster. Some of my favorites are the following. Um, though, of course, I'm not saying these tools are the ones you should be using. They're just the ones that I found to work for me. The first is a, a tool I made myself called Eisenhower Assistant, which you can find at eisenhowerassistant.com. Uh, it's not a commercial project. I just uh, made it for fun. It's basically just a little web application that helps you categorize tasks based on the Eisenhower matrix. So important, urgent, Important, not urgent, not urgent, not important, uh, and not important, urgent. Um, basically, that's the place where all my tasks go before I put them into my calendar. The next one then, obviously, is my calendar itself. I use Google Calendar, though I know that uh, if you use your Apple Calendar or whatever else, uh, it works perfectly fine. I do recommend that if you are currently working with a uh, physical uh, calendar, you switch to a digital one purely because it's a lot easier to uh, look back. It's a lot easier to plan. It's a lot easier to invite other people to events and so on. The third tool is Google Inbox. For all those of you that are using uh, Gmail, uh, if you go to inbox.google.com, what you're going to find is um, a great, uh, like a new overview of emails that Google made. Basically, instead of viewing emails as letters, uh, which is really not the way that you're supposed to be handling email, uh, it sees them as tasks. So every email is a task. So you can mark every email done. You can snooze it. You can categorize it and so on. 
Uh, in addition, Google Inbox also lets you add tasks to this uh, to this inbox. This does, however, only work uh, well in my experience if you are using uh, Inbox Zero. Now, Inbox Zero is not a technological tool. It just means that your inbox at the end of the day has zero emails. If you're one of those people who has uh, 23,731 emails in their inbox, make it your first priority to make sure that your inbox gets empty. There's really no reason your inbox should have so many, um, so many emails. Remember, an inbox traditionally is that thing on someone's desk where someone at the beginning of the day puts papers that are important uh, to get stuff done today. Of course, with the coming of email, the physical limit of an inbox uh, basically wasn't a thing anymore. I mean, try and see 23,000 letters uh, in someone's inbox physically. That's going to be quite a mess. Uh, it is, for most people, a mess uh, in email as well. Get to Inbox Zero and switch to Google Inbox. One of the things I love, uh, and you can you can see I'm a bit of a Google fan, is something called Google Now, which is a voice assistant on Android. It's a bit like uh, Siri for you iPhone users, uh, but it's very, uh, very useful and it helps me uh, manage my time and reminders uh, based on everything from time to location. Let me just grab my phone. I can do stuff like, for example, uh, this. Okay, Google, remind me tomorrow at 10 a.m. to get milk. Okay, reminder saved. And that's it. Likewise, when I am at a client and I remember that I need to do a task when I'm at home, you can do things like, okay, Google, Remind me when I'm at home to finish that one article. Okay. Reminder saved. And based on GPS coordinates, it's going to send me this reminder only when I get home. It's great. It's like a little personal assistant. Um, it doesn't do all the uh, uh, funny and useless things that Siri does. It's not going to tell you jokes. Um, but I find it very important because it integrates well with my workflow. And uh, then there are two other tools I'd like to point out. One is Evernote, which a lot of you are probably already using, which is just a note-taking app. Um, it's the one with a green icon with a little elephant on it. Uh, I have a premium subscri uh, subscription with them. It's a great way to manage digital notebooks. Uh, they have apps for all platforms. Uh, I use it for planning, structuring, making uh, little um, project lists, and so on. And the last one is something called XMind. XMind is a mind mapping tool uh, for Windows and Mac. It's super simple. It's powerful. Uh, it has keyboard shortcuts, which is an incredibly important thing for me. Um, and it basically helps me uh, take notes or uh, do longer term planning. Uh, they have a free version you can try. So I suggest you just uh, play around with it. As a last section to today's podcast, uh, there's a number of habits that really worked uh, very, very well for me. And I'll just go over the ones that I uh, that I currently have. Um, the first is take the first half hour of your day to plan your day. Uh, I generally just make a cup of tea, sit down, open my eyes in our matrix, um, and look at my tasks. Then I put them into my Google Calendar. I decide what to do today, what to do later, and basically make sure I have a game plan for the day. Um, one interesting tool is defining something called most important to-dos or MITs. The fun thing is that if you have a to-do list that's too long, you're always going to feel defeated at the end of the day because you didn't finish it. What these MITs do is they make sure that you focus on the right things and 
um, in doing so, you get a feeling of triumph instead of defeat at the end of the day, because most likely these three tasks are something you can finish. Another one is reduce the amount of times a day you read your email. Uh, I tend to do a max of three, once in the morning, once at lunch, once at night. If someone really urgently needs something, make sure they have a different channel to uh, to contact you. I love using a tool called Slack in Teams, which is a lot more uh, a lot more useful. What's going to have a more indirect impact is working out twice a week. Um, this is not really um, well. One of the goals you can have there is basically just to have a nice physique. But taking care of your hardware by working out twice a week also helps you focus a lot. Um, working out is basically training your uh, your body's willpower and focus muscles. So make sure you have a good workout routine. I suggest focusing on weights, not on cardio, for both male and females. Um, you want to know why? Again, read some of the health articles on uh, on skillcollector.com. And one of the things that work really well for me is uh, stretching. So stretch every hour or two. It doesn't have to be a very expansive thing. Just get up, uh, loosen up. Because if you do not, then you're going to have uh, tight shoulders, tight back, and you're basically going to destroy uh, your long-term productivity by making sure that you don't uh, feel uh, feel very well physically. Uh, one thing that I did during the past nine months was I picked up meditation as a regular practice. Uh, if you want to get into meditation, try an app called Headspace. And they have a free ten day uh, ten day course, and if you like it, you can always get their premium uh, premium subscription. Um, but it's a really nice low threshold way to um, help you learn to relax and focus using uh, using meditative techniques. On the long term, one thing I suggest you do, and this is the last thing that uh, that I'm going to mention: once every month, sit down and do a long term planning session. Use the Pareto Principle, use the Eisenhower Matrix for your long-term goals. If you don't set longer-term goals, you're not going to go anywhere. Without a goal, you can't set a direction. Now, don't get me wrong. Like I said, uh, I loathe planning. Long-term plan for me means sort of where I'm going for the next 6 to 12 months and kind of goals that I want to have for the coming 5 to 10 years. However, those tend to change every month. It's not uh, it's not about creating goals and then sticking to them religiously. It's about spending time thinking about it. If you don't think about your goals, uh, and if you don't set any, even if they change, uh, you're just basically going to be messing around. All right, then that's it for today. Um, if you have any questions, feel free to uh, to go to the podcast and leave a comment at skillcollector.com slash podcast. Uh, this podcast is going to be released together with an article and with a course, uh, and I suggest you check both of them out. Uh, if you're subscribed to the newsletter, you got them together in the newsletter. Uh, if not, I suggest you uh, subscribe to the newsletter anyway. Um, if you have particular tools or techniques that worked very well for you, I am super interested to, uh, to hear about them. So, uh, you can either leave a comment or contact me through email, which you can find through skill collector. Have a great remainder of the day. And don't forget to subscribe to the new episode of the podcast on skillcollector.com forward slash podcast.